Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk all about AEW and NXT. How AEW is using the perfect balance of veterans and young superstars NXT. How always on a Wednesday night, they show you how they do it inside those ropes. And also another example, how the Busted Open Nation is family. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I look at Jungle Boy as a future star in this business. And I would also lose the Jungle Boy name and use Jungle Boy Jack Perry as his, you know, real name because it has so much more clout because eventually he's going to be, a, that boy's going to be a man. Yeah. And, but we're watching the little steps of him growing. Uh, it's great. Yes. And same like with Jericho. Everyone's still singing his song. It, we haven't seen that literally since the Sandman. And it was like this awesome party. But I mean, music defines somebody. Uh, it, it's it's next level for that kid. And it, what a great it, match he had. It, it, yeah, and we'll get into the match. But you just brought up something because watching AEW last night and like I was in the living room, my wife was in the living room, but she wasn't watching wrestling with me. She was kind of on her on her phone doing some doing some work and then that song played and instantly she like looked up at the TV because she's like I love this song and you know and then all of a sudden she's like asking me questions about Jungle Boy like now there's an investment over something small that you would think is small but is actually a big deal um we've talked about this before the use of music has almost become a lost art in pro wrestling it was such a big deal um you mentioned about the build on D. Jerry Lawler and, and going back and watching that one hour of compelling television. And it's that missing element of the music because now Amazon Prime is using that generic music because of copyright. I can't, uh, Tommy, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to go back and watch ECW on the WWE network. And I just can't do it. I can't do it with the beginning of the show itself. And I can't do it with the entrances of the wrestlers, you know, especially with you, Tommy, because I was watching on, on, on the fight network. They had your retrospective, which is amazing. And I watched it. I was like, I got to go back and watch some Tommy dreamer matches. And I went to the network and I can't do it because, you know, man in the box is such a big element of, of you. And, and pro wrestling, and even in the world of the WWE right now, you know, they're, it's not that big of a deal anymore like it used to be as far as the the the, the entrances, the music for entrances. It, it means so much. 
And, Tommy, you brought up something else that was a big deal, too, is a lot of those videos that they would put out, you know, uh, like they would take a song, like two and a half minute video and put like Bad Reputation or songs like that to get you psyched up for a match or a wrestler coming to the territory. It really is a lost art and is a huge element when you look back at the history of pro wrestling. I used to remember the buzz before November to remember when we used to do the November uh, rain video and we had rights to that. Paul did secure. We had some weird rules to it, but people were would always buzz about that video. I could probably think of, and I'm sure the nation could too, uh, George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone. Yep. At least five wrestlers pop in my head that had that music video. Um, when I was praying to God every night that I won uh, the billion dollars on the Mega Millions, and I didn't, but God still answers some of my prayers because I won $4. <laughs> um, well, I got to just, like I said, God, can I please win this? Like I could make, do so much good with this. And then, so I did win it. I just didn't win. I got to be more specific when me and God are talking. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I would buy so much music. I, House of Hardcore be back. And I'd buy so much rights to music because it is, it's such a key element. I'll tell you uh, one of my crazy ideas, but I know it would get over. I wanted to have a wrestler, an unknown wrestler, some probably someone from a wrestling school, and I wanted to call him Cruel Summers as a heel and make him this vicious, different character. But my whole thing would be for him to be a heel, and then he would get over because of his, I would have his song, Cruel Summer, because everyone sings at that song, and he would get over as probably one of the most beloved baby faces just coming out to that music. I'm telling you. Without a doubt, it would not fail. I, I, but I, I didn't win that Mega Million, so Tony Khan, you got Cody School. Come up with a cruel summer. That person will be your next huge star. I watched, but, you know, go ahead. you got to pace yourself a little bit. You are getting a championship match on your birthday. And now, you know, so you got to pace these things little by little. No, I had that, I had that idea for a long, okay. long time. I didn't, right. Listen, I didn't pray for a championship. Uh, you got you to gotta keep your prayers. Just like your bump card. I feel like we only have a bunch of, like, limited amount of prayers you know god's busy or my god is at least he's wrestling you know the main events every night you, you and i share the same brain i actually had a dream last night tommy that i won mega millions and i in my dream i gave you a million dollars for house of hardcore and i had that I, i'm i'm being completely honest well, with you. you i had that dream last night so maybe something is in the works here you winning four dollars me having that dream something's going to happen very well soon i can't that. now you're teasing me nanny nanny poo poo i can't play lotto today there's no lottery today there's no break when when this it's wednesdays it's saturdays it's tuesdays it's um fridays so all right so tomorrow yeah do you want to hear another funny story? Sure. I play my, I literally play my father's numbers. He has, he plays, he played a take five, which is a New York based lottery. And I was so angry. I spent $20 on the mega millions on, and then when I lost and I play my father's numbers all the time, like every Wednesday and Saturday, I don't know. It's just this thing. You win like a free ticket, you know, dollar, 20 bucks. And I was so mad I didn't win. I didn't play the lottery. And guess what happened the next what, day? What happened? Tom? Four of my father's five numbers came out, 
and oh. I didn't play it. It was like 400 and something dollars. And uh, I was even more angry. So now I'm kind of, I'm banning myself from the lottery because I have a bit of an addiction. Like uh, I don't play numbers like crazy people do where they play it all the time. And I hate when I get behind them. And like, there's people who play like thousands of dollars on the numbers a day. I play like $5 every Wednesday, unless the jackpot goes up. And I have a lot of OCD-isms, and I had to break it, but then I won. So I just like, oh, my God, my well, OCD's down through the roof. That's the why, worst. Tommy, I can't do numbers yeah. because of my fear of if I don't play it and it comes up, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So that's why I always do quick pick because let them choose the numbers because if, if I chose my own numbers and – didn't play it and it hit. I wouldn't. I, I I couldn't live with that. So that's why I do the quick pick. That's cool. Well, my uh, my dad ripped me from the grave. <laughs> he did. Um, Tommy, we will get into wrestling talk because we mentioned Jungle Boy. That was a significant match for him. Well, he won the lottery. Night. That's how we segue. Yes. He had one of another one of his great showing, and we're looking at the building blocks of a of a future world champion. Uh, for myself, first guy to kick out of Jimmy Snuka's splash, the blinding angle with the Sandman, the caning uh, of Tommy Dreamer, then the Raven feud with, with, with Jungle Boy. We literally watch him grow as a performer. Mm -hmm. And when he, he's not on all the time, which when we talk about last night's show, I felt like it was more of a dark than a dynamite, minus in a fabulous main event, just because we saw all these new characters. And I hope it does well in the ratings for the company. But I'm Tony Khan. I'm banking on him and MJF as my future of the business. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Really quick, let's go back to Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy, like, you know, the match of his career last night on AEW Dynamite. And you said something that is definitely true because you do have the Stings. You have the Jerichos, a part of AEW. But you know what? You also have the Moxleys and Kenny Omegas that are in the prime of their careers. But you now have... The MJFs of the world and and Jungle Boy, twenty three years old, Tommy. So like you're right, they really truly are building for the future here, because as much as they have the current superstar, the aging superstar, they also have that young superstar, which you desperately need when you're building a new company. Hell yeah! And for uh, again, I'm Tony Khan. I'm looking at all my pieces. These are, you know, him, MJF. You have the ultimate good guy and the ultimate bad guy. Um, you sprinkle that in with stories like they did last night. The commentary was on point. It's all these little building blocks to help him. Look what, again, Chris Jericho, perhaps one of the greatest heels of our time uh, in, in the business. Who's he now with? MJF. And, you know, you're definitely looking at their, the inner circle 
they are supposed to be happy together, but you just know somewhere they've dropped seeds of it that there's it's going to implode and it has to. Um, there, there's so many great things on the horizon for that where you look at these are my players and they're going to be my players for a long, long time. Yeah, and it's important. And also, too, like to see somebody younger, to see how they, what they can do in the ring. Also, obviously, a name as well um, with his father. And, boy, the resemblance is it's, 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 it's amazing. But also, like, it's crazy how you can just pick up on something small and it goes nuts. Because this happened on social media last night. When they went after Jungle Boy with the pair of scissors, like everybody on social media was like, no, because he's got such a great head of hair. The last thing you want to see is those those uh, golden curls get cut. It sounds silly, but it's those small things that could catch fire on social media. And that definitely happened last night. Dude, it's uh, I mean, you think about we used I go back and, you know, we but that, those were major angles and feuds where people would cut your hair. Yep. Uh, I'm just watching Jimmy Valiant and he got his hair cut by Sir Oliver Humperdinck and the one man gang. And he's like, you cut my hair, brother. You cut my hair, brother. I'm coming at you. And it's, if you really think about it, it's, it's so stupid, but yet it's so simple and it works. And when you heard that gasp with something like that, yes, you are onto something, but also you can gauge it through social media and like people want to see this guy's you know, hair stay because he is a good looking kid. Yeah. It's that simple. And, and like, you know, people just over want to think stuff and wrestling, but it's that simple. Why do you think I'm growing my hair that long? Finally, someone's going to trim my hair. Duh. My two ponytails. People are like, not the second one. That's where he gets his strength. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw Luchasaurus get the horns cut. I mean, oh, what are we going to see from Luchasaurus moving forward with his horns being cut like what happened last night? Again, sometimes it's the silly stuff, you know? He's not horny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. He's All not right. producing and, testosterone anymore. But I thought AEW last night, we'll get it to NXT as well, because I thought NXT was good, but I love the mix of like an Arn Anderson promo, like the one that we got last night that makes you remember how great Arn Anderson is on the microphone. But then again, the spotlight uh, on the younger town as well. And then the mix of the two with Sting and Darby Allen. Um, and, you know, the, calling themselves hoodlums, you know, like so, stuff like that. It's a, it's a good battle. You need that battle. You need the balance. You don't want you don't want the aging veteran to take over the show. You f you have to find a way to put the spotlight on the younger talent. But at least for a younger company, when you're trying to bring people in, and we'll get into the Shaq stuff a little later on in the show as well. You need that balance when you're building a young show. Exactly, and, and I think AEW has done an amazing job of that. If you think about when they first debut, Chris Jericho was the champion. And why? He's probably one of the most recognizable people on the world stage of professional wrestling. Jim Ross, The Voice, Tony Schiavone. It's that older generation endorsing the newer generation. And Chris Jericho has not skipped a beat. There's so many different things that this company has done correctly, and that's why they're at the stage where they are. Uh, and hopefully they continue to move forward. Because like you said, man, they are still a very, very 
new, new company, and you could see all the steps that they keep making are good steps. Yeah, and Mark Henry said on the show last Friday, you need to be a little patient too because there's a lot of good. And when there are some holes, you have to understand that there's going to be those little holes with a new company, but you have to be patient. I think patience is the key, and it's starting to pay off for AEW. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. You mentioned NXT as far as the wrestling. And as a whole, and please, and please take what I'm saying in the correct way. As a whole... The wrestling that I see in the ring on NXT is is even much better than what I see Monday nights on Raw. You know, a lot of time we compare it with AEW, but you go back and watch some of the wrestling we saw on Monday night and the wrestling that we saw from beginning to end on NXT, it, the fundamentals are there. Uh, knowing when to, to rise up in a match and knowing when to hit that high point, even though there isn't really a, a large crowd in attendance. And I know Izzy and her family was there. We'll get to Izzy in a few minutes, but, 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 but Tommy NXT <laughs> in ring is about as perfect as you could get. Yeah. And there's, it's also why, because you know, the coaches, you know, who is hands on and very hands on with talent. They have different levels of coaches of where you're at. I think, uh, you know, I watch that show a lot of times. I look at the entrances alone, mm-hmm. and the entrances are like a movie. They're a, a minute to a two-minute movie from, you know somebody great is coming out where you could see from their entrance. Uh, Killer Cross is, Carrion Cross is, is one. I watch that. I'm so, must stay tuned just to watch that entrance because it is so cool. And there's a lot of people like that. Um, Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed's entrance is amazing. Like it's that whole cinematic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yep, Finn Balor's entrance. There, there's, there's a lot of greatness in that. My, my hardest problem with NXT, and I told you this, it's college football because I know that my favorite wrestlers are going to leave. And then I don't know what they're going to become somewhere else. Um, I watched Monday Night Raw. Was Keith Lee on Monday Night Raw? I don't. I don't think Keith Lee was on this last. Correct. He was not. That's the point I'm getting to. Thank you. Um, Someone put up an interesting uh, fact, and they tagged us with it about Matt Riddle. It's his 11th time fighting the Hurt business, Um, and, and most of the time it's. Slip out, banana peel, run away, win. Very rarely win. It, it, <clears throat> there's, I want. I'm so inve- I have a hard time getting invested in these in these men and women because I know they're going to leave, and I don't want them to leave. I want them to stay because they're great where they are, and I don't feel they're used to their potential. They're scooped up because they're hot somewhere else, and then they're not so much hot, and I hate that. 
because yeah. the talent deserves better. And that to kind of answer Jessica's call, it, it's kind of like that for how a lot of towns feel. It really is. And Tommy, like you mentioned the college football aspect of NXT, which I understand. And the fact that, hey, in four years, everybody that you're seeing, or even earlier, everybody you're seeing on the field is not going to be. You know, if you're a, an Oklahoma Sooners fan, that quarterback is going to be gone uh, and moving over to the NFL. And in a lot of ways, that happens on NXT. But, it's, but it's, it shouldn't be that way for this reason, Tommy. And the fact that it's all under the same umbrella. It's all under the WWE. So, like, in college... If, if Oklahoma runs a certain offense, then most likely a team that's looking for a quarterback knows what the strengths of that quarterback are. So when they bring them into the NFL, they're going to play to their strengths, right? So, you know, it's going to be a certain type of an offense. Perfect example. Go back to like a Troy Aikman. He played for Oklahoma. It was not a good fit. You know, he transferred uh, to UCLA. And then he was a pocket quarterback. Wasn't running the wishbone anymore and then was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys and, and played to the strengths of what he was able to do in college. That's not the way that, of what happens with NXT. You know, it's Matt Riddle was somebody who had a personality and a character, but he had an MMA background. They highlighted that on, on NXT, and now he's just a joke on Monday Night Raw. And I know people are saying, well, when you see him in the ring, he's not a joke, but perception is reality. If he's just going to be a one punchline in the back with the Hurt Business, then that's how you're going to perceive that character. There's there's no depth to any of these characters on Monday Night Raw lately. On NXT, they play to their strengths. It's about that they're wrestlers, and there's a lot more depth to their personality and characters on NXT as opposed to a three-hour show like Monday Night Raw. Correct. Listen, two to three years is... An amazing journey to be in the same company. It really is. And maybe around year three, it's good to move on. It's good to move forward. You look at the uh, progression of, uh, what is their name? MSK? Yeah. Uh, you look at their progression. And they were in Impact for uh, a long time. I know Impact was interested in re-signing them, but they move forward. If you think about if we had them in Impact Wrestling for one more year, they could have won the tag titles, and they reached the highest point. It was okay for them to leave and move forward, and now they're a hot act somewhere else. Why change their name? I don't know, but that's not for me to decipher. Um, when you're, If you look at college, there was a, t a point where, let's say, like in, in basketball, um guys could be taken as freshmen and go to the pros where you have this one star in college. Oh, we're going to be here for one year and you go straight to the pros. They literally had to change the rule because of that. But that also was changed because of the money that comes in with college basketball. And you talk about, you know, there, there's been so many rules added to, but it's also for big business because there are, have been game changers. Uh, back in the day, Bob Gibson, when he was pitching, that literally the next year they had to change the mound because no one could touch him and they're, they're not scoring runs and they yeah. want to have there's so many things that they have done like this like I said if Keith Lee he had it where he literally won the title and then got called up and then as your double champion they make such a big deal and now what 
he I, it's just like why why did you waste those great moments we could have had with this person fall in love with this person even more and then celebrate and bask in his greatness once he gets called up immediately like after two years or after being the champion for so long or literally if he went through every single person in nxt and there's like hey like there's nobody else left for me to to fight and then he moves forward it's great but we didn't get to see that and now it's just another person like what original matches or original feuds can we have with him uh, on the main roster if you send him back it looks like a demotion yeah and it sucks because he's super duper talented. It's just, but again, like I was saying to the caller, it's what one person sees. And I don't know if that person sees what we all see in, in him. And I'm just using him as an example. Hey, Retribution, I watched uh, that tag, uh, that singles match, Slapjack, and I was like, man, he's good. Yeah. As well as... Uh, Donovan Dijakovic, uh, the other guy who was the announcer. What's his name? Oh, I don't, uh, I don't, Dio Madden. That, man, I looked at that that finish they did. I was like, that is devastating. That is so, so cool. But, oh, yeah, that horrible gimmick. They can ne- Listen, I, they can never be anything in that gimmick. And it's it's a waste. It truly is a waste of people's talents. And I hate that. Yeah, especially if you know what they could do and then you bring them up and it doesn't seem to be a good fit like a Keith Lee. If you're going to if you're going to take Keith Lee who is in a great feud, a champion, everything else to just move him over, but you really don't have a course even to the point where, you know, you're bringing him back to the performance center cuz you don't feel like he's really wrestling like a big man should on a main roster. Well, then why did you bring him up? Like, you know, then why, then why did you take him from, you know, a successful place on NXT to just be another guy on the main roster? And Keith Lee should not just be another guy on the main roster. You just mentioned it before. Monday night was the go-home show for the Rumble, and there was no Keith Lee on the show. Like, a year ago, we're talking about that stare down with Brock Lesnar. And then after mm-hmm. that, you know, winning the championship and that great match with Karrion Cross and everything. And now here we are, you know, the, the the next year, same scene, the Rumble. And he's just another guy. Like, you can't do that. And, and to go back to NXT, you mentioned MSK. What a great way to, to have MSK come on your show. Why? Because you're you're you have the you know the Dusty Rhodes uh, tag team tournament. What a great way to bring MSK in! Because now you're playing to their strengths, how athletic they are in the ring. This is the best way to debut a team. Because now you're looking at MSK. The last couple weeks, MSK is like blowing your mind with what they're able to do in the ring. So already you're invested in MSK without actually hearing them speak or know their story. You're already invested in them. What a great job by by NXT using this tag team. Even uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Thatcher. Yep. yep. I literally was like, this is great. And I look forward to seeing them work together because of the feud that they had, the match that they had. Uh, I'm a big Tommaso Ciampa fan. Always have been. And... I literally watched that and I was just like, I was so intrigued and I was like, wow, I can't wait to see these two guys, how they're going to work together. 
because also, you know, hey, who's going to turn on each other? There, there's so many different ways to go about that. Um, uh, I, again, I really don't think unless he won the Royal Rumble, I, I don't think Keith Lee could be rebuilt on the main roster. Wow. It's a strong statement, but I, I but at this point, Tommy, I don't know if I could disagree with you. And again, it's like it's almost like why? Why did you bring him up just to make him another guy? And and listen, the proof is in the pudding. I think there's a dozen examples, more than well, yeah. a dozen examples of the same thing happening. We went through the list of that yeah. that one day and we it was almost like, Are you kidding me? And it's just, you know, it's calling people up because it's someone gets hot somewhere. Listen, that happens all the time. We just watched it in football when Fitzmagic, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is, you know, he's playing great. The Dolphins are in the hunt. Oh, they bring in uh, Tue, Trovavalunga, and he won a first game. He won. Then he got his ass kicked. And everyone's like, oh, here's the future. The future is now. And, oh, guess what? We didn't get to the playoffs with him, and we had to bring somebody else back. To They should have just kept him and sit there and watch a great quarterback yes. and mentor it. And now you damaged him because now nobody's excited when you actually do have him to start a season. Even something, Tommy, and this is another credit to NXT, even something that is formulaic like we saw last night. How many times – on Monday Night Raw, have we seen like the tag team champions, whether it's in the women's division or the men's division, go up against two uh, single superstars and then lose? And we saw that last night on NXT. But unlike the, just throwing two guys or two women together to go up against a tag team champion and beat them in a non-title match like we've seen a thousand times before, they were able to do it on NXT last night and not make it feel formulaic. Because there's a story between not only all four of them, but the two of them with Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. Like, even though it was formulaic, even though we've seen it a thousand times, they were able to put a spin on that, Tommy, in a main event match where it didn't feel formulaic. It didn't feel like you've seen this before. Because why? There's a story connected to it. There's a reason why they're doing it. And again, I'm... Another reason why NXT is far superior than what we watch on Mondays. And also the continuation of that story. Yep. And if you look at placement last night, you had Undisputed Era in the ring. And then if you watch, and it's all camera angles, Finn Balor slipped out and he was on the floor as Undisputed Era was in the ring. And it was three on three staring and Balor was in the background watching there are so many different places Great you can point. go with that with just that and that's and i i quote the american dream dusty Rhodes. it's because he would say we're making movies baby and we're making movies and we're wanting you know what does everyone hang around for at the end of the movie no no, no wait 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 wait. when we used to go to movies we got to see what's happening on uh the teaser at the end after the credits there's always yeah. something and it gets us oh my gosh i have to go to the movies again in two more years yay <laughs> but you're excited about something and wrestling should always make us excited and stuff like that is next level and they did a lot of great stuff uh last night in nxt tommy one of the greatest feuds of all time for me in the wwf was 
Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik, right? Yep. Oh, oh, amazing feud. How did that start? That started with just a glance. That mm-hmm. started with a glance. Dude, you saw it with Savage and Hogan. You yep. saw it with Hogan and Andre. Hogan and Andre literally started when they were tagging, and they, and Andre made like a smile. Hogan like looked at him for half a second, smiled back, and then it was another when the next time, and he handed him the title, and he just glanced down at it, yep. and he handed him the title. And then it planted the seeds that Bobby Heenan started getting his ear. And then, you know, Bobby Heenan was like, hey, Andre, maybe you can, uh, you know, win this title. And Andre said, yeah, and I drink more beer, and I win. And they're off to the races. That's exactly, that was the quote that he said, by the way. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Let's go to Michael in North Carolina. What's going on, Michael? Hey, guys, thank you for taking my call. I want y'all to help me out with understanding something seriously. I I understand the concept of strapping the rocket on a great NXT talent's back, and and it makes sense uh, once they get to the main roster. But if we're doing simple math, NXT's pulling ratings in the 600s while Raw is around, give or take a 1-8 and SmackDown a 2. That means two-thirds, almost three-quarters of WWE fans, they don't know much about these guys. They may see them in a rumble from last year. Keith Lee, uh, Matt Riddle, Bianca Belair, for instance. I don't understand what's the what's wrong with taking some time and introducing who these guys are, and more importantly, building some character. If it was just about the physical attributes, then yeah, let Keith Lee go out there and hit the ground running and don't look back. But when you're looking at the majority of the fans don't know much about these guys, I don't understand what the problem is taking the time, kind of taking a few steps backwards in terms of uh, how much they're shown, perhaps showing some building more character development, making people aware of who they are. I'm not sure why that's an issue. Well, I mean, first of all, it's a great call. But, but Michael, the example that I would throw back at you would be Matt Riddle. Like, if you watch Matt Riddle on NXT, and it's not even so much about, hey, reintroducing them on the main roster, because I feel like you do have to do that, Michael, because you make a great point. Only a fraction of the people who watch Raw or SmackDown are actually tuning into NXT. So it's smart to take a few steps back, build that person up. But I think it's more about, Michael, it's not about building that up or introducing that person, but it's the way they're doing it. Because it's almost like, You've seen how it could be done the right way on NXT, and for whatever reason, they don't do it that way on the main roster. Does that make sense? I understand. Yeah, I certainly understand what you're saying, but I think like with Keith Lee, like, I mean, he had a really strong win coming out, which I was a big fan of with uh, Randy. But he, like, every single match he's been in, he's had some losses, protected losses primarily. But they've shown his physicality. They've shown, like, the freak-like nature of what makes him different. Um, I just – I haven't had as much of an issue because I feel like I understand the strategy. Uh, Riddle, look, coming across as a stoner, yeah, that's old. But in terms of just trying to build that character development, helping them to see what's different and unique about them physically or charismatically or whatnot, certainly with Bianca, you know, that's that's a different deal. But – I feel like they've done a, done a decent job of setting, laying the groundwork for what's to come ahead. 
All right. Well, uh, and Tommy, we're up against a break, but I definitely want to follow up on this. Oh, I will I think, follow up. Yeah, because I think that's a good call, and I think it's going to set you off. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it in to Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat episodes are available every thursday on the sirius xm app pandora and apple podcasts is our caller still on hold gabby has he been holding no, on for no, a good we, 15 minutes we let minutes? him go we oh. let him go but he made his point as far as like and it's it's a great it's a really good call in fact that i understand where he's coming from nxt has a fraction of the audience of raw and smackdown so of course you got to now reintroduce these wrestlers. Not everyone's going to know who they are, which I agree with. And again, it's a it's a process, and it's not going to happen right away. However, However, go ahead, Tommy. Let me rake his eyes with a big Howard Finkel. However, here we go. The you brought it up Survivor Series, uh, or was it the Royal Rumble with the stare down? What was that? Um, the stare down with that of was at the, that was at the Rumble last year. Okay, that stare down had people doing exactly what you wanted, rumbling. People were like, "Oh my gosh, this is something that could be a future main event," and people were intrigued about it. It had just no, Edge's return had the most buzz, but that had, and they showed stills of it. You had, uh, when they were doing Survivor Series, you had uh, another stare down between him and Roman Reigns, and you had people buzzing about it. That is the proper way to bring someone up like that. When you pull him up after winning both titles and, and you know, hey, we're going to have this uh, this great fighting dual champion, then all of a sudden he goes away. And for him to say building up a the caller, a changing his uh, character or introducing his character because of the audience, he debuted against whom? Randy uh, Orton. Well, it wasn't his debut, but his his first match on a pay per view, second match was against Randy Orton. Okay, but he was thrown into the mix right away against Randy yes. Orton, correct? Yes, yes. So right then and there, you're saying this guy is this guy won the Heisman Trophy, and now he's playing for the greatest team, and he's going to be the next player. Then that did not happen. That is not the proper way to build somebody. When you want to build somebody, old school, what was it? Squash matches. Mm-hmm. And direction, I'm going, moving forward to this. Making a statement is one thing. Uh, coming in and capitalizing on that statement is a completely other thing. And then you also, you know, well, these people are getting brought back to the PC to work on some things because they're not happy with that. There's all these little things. The other thing, I agree what you say about the audience, but I will go off, off, off about ratings and the Nielsen ratings and how skewed they are, especially with, um, they're just, it's a messed up system, but now with social media, with, uh, YouTube, with, with all the, the things at everybody's hands, I don't know if there's one person who does not know who a top person in NXT is if they watched the WWE product. Uh, 
you know, even in Impact Wrestling, you know, we're not in that many homes. Um, we just hit them. That company just hit a milestone of four million subscribers on YouTube. That's a big, big deal. That's second to WWE. So you that episode that uh, just aired on television, that episode was trending number one in Russia. The number one trend in Russia, Nikita Koloff, Crush Khrushchev, they're all talking about it over there. Yep. But what I'm saying is it has th- this global reach due to the internet. So everybody knows who these people are. If you're going to debut somebody, if you're going to make a statement, hey, I'm coming after the biggest dog in the fight, and I continually not do that and saying like, hey, I lost by... Um, protected losses there are there are no protected losses and i'm also talking then about unique matchups unique matchups to fill a stadium and though it's not going to be as many people there you also now have to understand if this is going to be just on the wwe network some other network the peacock network just gave somebody a billion dollars they want to capitalize on that investment of a billion dollars and if they go in and say well we just got this thing called the wwe network and we're going to get all these viewers and they're going to go with who for the main event to try to draw viewerships and eyes because ladies and gentlemen it's all about content and especially in a world that we live in with with um None of us are going out. We can't attend a lot of sporting events. We can't do things. It's content. It's new, new content. That's all these providers want is content. And they're fighting against each other for what content. And then once I give you a billion dollars, it's what am I going to do to verify that I, you know, to get that? I don't know the terms of the deal, but it's like $200 million a year for five years. And I'm sure WWE wants to do that because in five years when that contract comes up, it's like, well, then give me $2 billion because that's how it is. And if it doesn't produce that, guess what? Then you're not going to get it. And then your brand and all that stuff won't be worth as much. And when you're a publicly traded company, there's a lot of other aspects that go into that. But again, uh, I would have asked the caller if he knew that Matt Riddle was a former UFC uh, competitor. He had a very, very large name in the UFC. Maybe go with that instead of the really bad Rob Van Dam meets Jeff Spicoli uh, ripoff. And, and Tommy, what really drives me crazy, and Bully and I talked about this yesterday, is the fact that the feud now, the, the, you know, uh, now because of what happened on Monday, Matt Riddle has an opportunity to face Bobby Lashley for that United States championship. But, you know, to me, build on that. You got Bobby Lashley, who's a credible MMA fighter, and Matt Riddle, who's a credible MMA fighter. Instead of making this stupid-ass, like, Jeff Spicoli one-punchline joke as a storyline, use that credibility as a storyline. People are going to get a hell of a lot more invested in that than what they're doing right now. You know who eats donuts going to the ring? I do. Otis does. Not a guy who's been in real fights uh, or also who looks that way. And again, I get it. He's he's laid back. If you're going to give him that stoner uh, mentality, then talk about that. Hey, he was a real fighter that got kicked out of the UFC for doing what? Smoking pot. He tweeted something about it. He was like, hey, man, this was before. I wish this would have happened. But now they don't test for pot in the UFC. Think of that. Yep. He could have been a top star in the UFC. 
But no, I also think that Brock Lesnar, they did when they do all the wrestlers in the house. What is it? UFC house. I'm not a host of that show. I'm a host I of wrestling. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly, I but I think Brock, house, but... I think Brock Lesnar was his coach. In that thing, you could do behind the scenes. Brock Lesnar was a dick. Brock Lesnar only showed up on days of TV. He literally gave me no coaching. He was just the name of the. He was just a name on the, the marquee. Think of all those things. Think of all the things where he had real life heat, where he was talking smack about Bill Goldberg. Yep, that had a boatload of buzz. As opposed to the guy, he's a guy who could really kick your ass. Also, by the way, the person who shot the Bobby Lashley stepping on his foot should be fired. Oh, my God. I mean... For the fact that that aired, that you should be terminated from your job because you did not do your job. Because if it's live, then Bobby Lashley should have mashed his foot. Or, you. why can't you tape that? And then you literally look at it and say, Oh, wait, you missed him by a mile. And he's a guy who, you know, I've seen him get punched in his face for real, but stomping on a person's foot will hurt. And if he's high, which we're implying, then it wouldn't hurt, bro. It's it's don't get and, me started. No, but I but I'm I'm glad that you did that because and 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 again, Ed, I know that you've been following this close. Matt Riddle and Bobby Lashley have been going back and forth on Twitter. Use that, like yeah. use again. WWE, the wrestlers themselves do a better job of getting themselves over and their storylines over than the creative for Monday Night Raw. Dave, listen, I was so high on Matt Riddle. Uh, He was one of those guys that I wanted to make the House of Hardcore champion. He was in that tournament that I did, but then he was like, dude, I'm probably uh, not going to be going. I'm probably going to be going to WWE. And I was like, man, thank you so much for your honesty. I really, really appreciate it. He's a guy who I, I always believe, again, because of his credentials, because of how quickly he adapted to professional wrestling. He hasn't been doing it as long as a lot of people. He's got a great look. He had a great connection with people. Um, and plus, he's a real-ass badass. And yeah, you could smoke pot and be chill in the back, but out there when you fight for real, it's a whole different mindset. And yes, as much as Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle are putting it out there and doing that stuff, how many times have we seen it? Yeah. We've seen an incarnation of it already for 11 weeks. And if your ratings keep on going down, it shows we're not interested in it. So you then need to rebuild these people. But you've your whole time, if you want to make Bobby Lashley the killer that he is, he breaks freaking people's necks with that full Nelson. You don't do the worst thing you could do for your baby face. The baby face gives up. And then they say he doesn't give up, and then he loses again, and then he says, well, I know I could beat you, and he fights the manager, and he doesn't beat the manager. How does that help your yeah. baby face? Makes no sense. It makes no sense. And, and, and again, this is- For a guy who's like, a real fighter. A, a credible fighter. They have made Matt Riddle, who's a credible fighter, and Shayna Baszler, who's also a credible fighter, make, make them look as weak as humanly possible. And I'm, I'm not saying about like, I, I get Riddle looks great in the ring, but the character is not, is not doing him justice at all. Let's get back to the nation. Let's go to Bama Dave. What's going on, Bama Dave? Good morning, guys. How, you? How are you, buddy? Good morning. Hey, I'm doing great. Um, I was going to talk about something else, but I just want to take you back on this conversation, guys. I, I completely 100% agree with you. I mean, I thought you've got, you've got archives of footage. you Dave, you and Bully talk all the time about how awesome Jeremy Borash is down at NXT. The, the video packages he's put together for Keith Lee. Why can't, before this guy debuts on Raw, or even 
uh, before his match or during his match, why can't you show 30 seconds of that? This dude was a double champion. This dude took Karrion Cross to the limit. You know, this dude in his matches with Dijakovic. And then when he comes out, he's a bigger deal. And then, like you said, replay the the shot he had with Brock Lesnar. Replay the shot he had uh, with Roman Reigns and and have that be, you know, a building factor. The, the stomp on Matt Riddle Monday night, I, I was like, are you, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. There's no excuse for that whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't understand it. To me, to me, it seems like what we always say, they're, they're writing and booking for the eyes of one person, what he thinks is funny, what he thinks is quality entertainment, at the expense of the true talents and abilities that these guys have, which is why I love NXT, because you can just tell that Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Road Dogg and, and Terry Taylor and all these guys, they, they, they spend hours with these talents, so they know when I put these guys in the ring, I know what I know how they would talk, I know what they would do in the ring, I know what angles to put them in, and that's why to me NXT is so compelling storytelling wise because they know who they're working with, and I don't feel that on Raw. Yeah, and Bama Dave, because they rather show the slow motion shot of Matt Riddle jumping in the air and his sandals coming off than actually yes. showing some footage of the things that you're talking about, and that's going to get you invested. Right. And Bob, listen, Pam and Dave, we had Bobby Lashley on our show yesterday for him to come on to promote the Royal Rumble. And what did he say in yes. that interview? He's talking about, hey, this is all show. He said, yes. Bully asked him, what's the difference between this run and the last run? He said, now it's, it's all about the show. It's not about the spirit of the fight or credibility. Right. It's, about, it's about show. And you know what, Pam and Dave, and thanks for the phone call. It doesn't even make for a good show. Dave, and for our listeners, I'm going to tell you two things what go through my head before I go out there and wrestle. And this is without people, but then there's also with people. I am as laid back as I am on this radio show, joking up until the music hits. And as soon as my music hits, and I have all these little rituals that I do that nobody sees... But then I could literally be talking and be like, okay, we're going to be playing your music. And this is all the stuff that's going on. And this is like at Impact Wrestling. I literally go into a zone and I close my eyes. My music hits and I'll be like, my eyes open. And I'm in a totally different person. And I'm ready to go out there and perform like I am in front of thousands upon thousands of people. And this is in front of no fans. I am as laid back again as how we are right now. But the moment I go out in front of that audience that's not there or there's a camera on me, I transform into Tommy Dreamer. And whether I'm going to be taking on an Eric Young, a Moose, whoever that person is, I'm a different person. And I'll tell you about, because someone just brought it up to me, um, when I went back to the WWE to feud with the Wyatts, and it's like a relationship where you're going back to your ex-girlfriend. And I was in the back and dealing with all the stuff. And, and I had to enter through the, the fans in Pittsburgh. And I'm literally sitting there. And I was in between two curtains. And it was totally dark. And I literally start saying to myself, what if the fans don't remember me? And I said, please. And I said a prayer. And I said, please, God, just let them remember me. And in my head... I started getting so worked up with nerves and I'm not a nervous person. Uh, and I, I almost, I almost started crying. I'm getting weird now because I'm going back into that zone. 
and I had self-doubt and I had all these things going through my head because I was like, man, I just want, I want management to see this in me. I want all these different things because of the experience that I had before. And in those 30 seconds, and I'm hearing Devon talk and I'm hearing Bubba talk, I'm working myself up into this frenzy where I'm getting lost in my own head. And I know in these times we could get lost in our own heads and have self-doubt. And then my music hit, which I didn't even know was going to be my music. And I heard just somebody say, go, because they have a person there whose job literally is just to tell you to go. And the moment I, I saw my name and I heard the reaction, I was like, thank you, God. And I walked out there and I became Tommy Dreamer. And I would have fought the world and I would have fought for every person in that audience that night. And I became that person that I always knew I was. But that self-doubt and all that things of past stuff rattled through my head and it was probably one of the worst minutes of my life. But then it was gratified by the fans. And that's why I always go out there and work so hard. And the fact that they remembered me when I was gone for so for so maybe five years, and I got that ovation, all that stuff is so gratifying. And I want everybody to experience that. And Matt Riddle and Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley and whoever's in uh, NXT, AEW, wherever you're wrestling, we all need moments like that. And for wrestling fans, we want to feel that too. They paid me that feeling and I gave it back to him. And if you, you could see probably the two most happiest times I've ever been in wrestling. The first is ECW one night stand when they play Sandman's music. Cause the company never told me they were playing that music of enter the Sandman. And it's the most genuine smile I've ever had in my life outside of I'm not Tommy dreamer in this world. I'm, I'm Tom Lachlan at home. And then the second time was then, cause I was just like, thank you guys. And, and that's why as performers, we do this, and that's why we also want that. And to answer the other caller, that every the handcuffs are off. Just let me be frigging me, and I will deliver for you. And the same with Matt Riddle, Bobby, Lash Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I would literally pay my money to see that match. I would. I would not pay money to see Bobby Lashley versus Matt Riddle because I've seen it so many times before. And for the Royal Rumble, I told you, the Royal Rumble don't mean dick, the actual match. You know what we all do and watch? For 30 minutes of our, t of our time, we look up and we'll see the guys do stuff. Oh, oh, oh. That's when there was fans. And then guess what? Because this is our first Rumble without fans. And it's going to, that's so hard. Yep. And what happens is who's coming out next. So as long as whoever that new person is, and, and, and guys, I've been in meetings, <clears throat> and where when you talk about leaders, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I was in that Royal Rumble where he comes back, and we had Shawn Michaels, and we had Undertaker stand up and be like, it's our job to make him feel like that. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan came back with tears in his eyes, because everyone's bumping and feeding for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And when his music hit, everyone's going, ho. Oh. Because we don't forget, because we love this business. We love this business as wrestling fans. And I'm just telling you, these are all moments that we all, and it's so easy to ascertain, but bullshit gets involved and we don't need the BS. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse. 
a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Let's go to Donnie in Kentucky. What's going on, Donnie? Hey Dave, hey uh, Tommy. I want this is Donnie. Uh, you remember you sent me a cameo um, a few weeks ago. When my wife was sick. Angela, remember she yes, she had, had COVID, and you know she. I guess you got the word from Clint that uh, she passed away the seventeenth. Yes, and, I'm very very sorry and, to hear uh, that. Oh, thank you, Tommy. You guys have been great through everything. I I thank you so much for the card, uh, the card you sent. Means a lot, and then even uh, Sandman Clint got a hold of Sandman. He sent me a uh, cameo as well. And I was going to uh, say Sandman Dave... doesn't know how to write, so he couldn't send you a card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a trying time. Her memorial's this Saturday at one here in E Town, and uh, but I thank you guys. You guys are the best, Dave. I love your show. I've loved your show since day one. Uh, thank you guys to Ed, Gabby, everybody, Tommy, you're the best. I've got a autographed um, figure of you that my boys got me last year for my birthday. I about hit the ceiling when I got it. It was amazing. I don't know how they found it, but they found one. And well, uh, I, I just want to say, man, I'm sorry for the pain that you and your family are going through. And uh, like what we all try to do as wrestlers, too, is to make people happy. Ed... I don't know you. I've never met you, but I have a connection with you, and yes, I'm I'm happy that we were con- able to connect through a cameo because somebody loved you enough and wanted your wife to pull through. But like I said in in my cards, you have a guardian angel, and yes. I, I'm sorry that happened to you. And just be strong in the fact that I can make you laugh with a stupid Sandman comment. Gives you hope, and I'm sure your wife wants you to to continue to give you hope, man. I appreciate it, Tommy. And now you made me cry on the air. God. (laughs) But I'm sure you've done your crying. Oh, yes, sir. I have. uh, uh, Clint Clint posted uh, her memorial video and pictures last night on YouTube, so that's out there, too. So it's under Angela Christine Fay. But uh, I'm wearing my. I wanted. To, I didn't get a chance to watch NXT because I've been dealing with all this stuff. But uh, I am wearing my Undisputed Era shirt today. And uh, go Undisputed Era. They, those guys are awesome. I appreciate the faction. All right, and Donnie. Dave, you guys. Yeah. No, Donnie, we love you, man, and and thanks for calling in today. But you know, you're part of the family, and we love you. Just know that. Uh, thank you, Dave. You guys make my day. You guys make my whole week every day. You guys are phenomenal. Awesome. And uh, Tommy, you guys, yeah. Thanks, Thank you, man. Don- Thank you, Donnie. We appreciate the phone call, and sorry, so sorry for your loss. But you know, we are a family here, Tommy. As you know, this is the nation. Aren't just fans; they're family. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 